Today's episode of the Hot Four Podcast is brought to you by Big. Taking place from Friday the 20th to Sunday the 22nd of September, some of the newest breweries who we feel are destined for big things will be pouring their beers in the recently opened Ice House Brewery Tap Room based in the heart of Bradford. There are some amazing beers being produced in the UK at the moment. However, not everyone gets the praise they deserve for one reason or another, and Big is our opportunity to put that right. Big is a beer festival celebrating the new wave of UK craft breweries destined to grow large, and you might not have heard of them, well, because they're not big yet. Breweries include host Ice Brewing, Sheffield's Lost Industry and guest appearance from Emmanuel's, Ride Bruco from Glasgow, Chapter Brewing, Heist Craft, Fell Brewing from Cumbria, Meanwood Brewery, Erin and Mothership, an award-winning all-female brewery that champion women in craft beer. And there's also going to be some amazing food supplied by Bears Den, amongst others, and classic arcade games. Come and beat Dan Logan's high score on Street Fighter 2. Come down and discover all your favourite beers from breweries where you can truly say, I knew them before they were big. To book tickets, visit eyesbigfest.eventbrite.co.uk. That's E-Y-E-S-B-I-G-F-E-S-T dot eventbrite.co.uk. This is Nick Law, and you're listening to the Hot Forward Podcast, getting you ahead in the brewing and beer business. Hotforward.beer is a podcast and website dedicated to the beer industry, supporting budding beer entrepreneurs by gaining insights from experienced brewers and folk within the craft beer industry. So grab a glass, pour yourself a beer, and let's get into this week's episode. Hello beer nerds, bar stewards and brewers, and welcome to another Hop Forward podcast. They say there are two things you shouldn't talk about on the internet, politics and religion. And today I'm going to talk about religion. But but, but before you hit the stop button, hear me out. I'm not going to force religion down your throat, just beer. And I'm going to share why I left the megachurch to start a microbrewery, which will hopefully provide some context for today's episode with Hackney Church Brew Co. And I've not shared much of my journey publicly through Hot Forward, so I thought I'd be brave or stupid, uh, and tell a bit of that story. So it begins in a meeting every Monday morning. And the context of this meeting was this question we were asked whilst I worked for this church. What have you seen God doing? There's a question for you on a Monday morning, isn't it? What have you seen God doing? Now we would go around this circle one by one and answer that question. And there were people on the staff team who would say things like, I handed my debit card to the one-armed cashier in Tesco and their arm grew back in the name of Jesus. And everyone would be like, yeah, praise the Lord. And I'd be like, I ain't got any stories to tell. What am I going to say? Because my role predominantly was to oversee the music and do graphic design. So I was in church all day, every day, and didn't have these amazing stories. And then out of the blue, I decided I wanted to brew my own beer I'd reached the grand old age of 30, I'd come of age and just felt this overwhelming desire from nowhere to ferment my own alcohol. So what do you do in the 21st century if you want to learn to do something? That's right, you go to YouTube. And this is no word of a lie, I found a white-haired Canadian called Craig with his own YouTube channel, get this, called Craigtube. And I learned how to brew beer. 
So what do you do when you brew your own beer at home? You give it a label, don't you? And that's where Emmanuel's was born. What would Jesus brew? And so I started making this beer with these labels and I'm a bit of a perfectionist. And I set off with this mission of I want to brew a beer as good as Jaipur, which is a tall order. So I nerded out. I learned how to brew all grain, got into the science of it. I started perfecting my techniques and equipment and I thought, man, this is expensive. I should monetize this somehow. How do you monetize it? You sell it. People kept saying to me, can we buy your beers? And I was like, I'm a good moral upstanding citizen. It's not legal. I can't sell it to you. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, I want this to pay for itself. I wonder if other people can fund my very expensive hobby. And before I knew it, I was looking into how to set up a microbrew from my home. Now, even back then, and we're only talking five years ago, there was no blueprint on how to set up a microbrew from your home. And the beer industry moves so fast. There's so many more resources out there now, like this podcast and others, which talk you through that process. And so many other people have been there. But this is around the time that Northern Monk is setting up and some of the other breweries that we know and love in British beer today are all start. It's it's that era you know, we're all starting on these little pots in a garage or a shipping container or in a cellar. So I was doing it around then so that it was not like I had these other peers really to look to. So I got my license and I started making and selling beer from my house with this Emmanuel's brand. And what I started to find was I had a growing dissatisfaction with the church. Now, Again, not to get too religious on you or anything, but I just started to deconstruct some of the things that I'd inherited, even from a a small child. My mum was a Christian growing up. The rest of my family weren't. And I had certain beliefs that I just had kind of set in stone in my head. And then, you know, obviously worked for this church and they had a very set... I don't want to say strict because it makes it sound like a nunnery or something, but they had, you know, a very set idea and and ideology based on the Bible. And all of a sudden here I am making dirty beer and I kind of feel like I'm out of this context. And then I got involved with the local brewery where I ended up cuckoo brewing and then joining the brewery as the head brewer and the brewery manager under the condition that they licensed Emmanuel. So it effectively helped me upscale without having to invest in my own equipment, invest my own money. And that worked for a while. But around that time, I started meeting people from outside the church. And bear in mind, I'd, I'd worked in this church for a long time. And so my whole life just sort of revolved around it. And I started spending time with other brewers and in bars and meeting these amazing people in the industry. And it just really opened my eyes to some of the thinking that I had that I don't think was right. Now, I'm not going to get into doctrines and theologies and all the rest of it. That's I'm not going there. Um, but there was one instance that really started to break things down for me. And I talk about this on the episode I did with Lily Waite from the Queer Broom Project, where I was in a meeting... And there was this guy who was getting progressively more drunk. And he turned to me halfway through this meeting and went, Nick, do you think gays can be cured? And I was like, I don't don't think gays need to be cured of anything. And he starts saying, well, I know there are people in your church that say gays need to be cured. And he slams his fist on the desk and 
effing cured. There's nothing more derogatory to than a gay person than they need to be told that needs to be effing cured. And I was like, oh, mate, I don't think that. And I came away from that being like, something's not in line here. So going back to that Monday meeting where I was thinking, I could have some great stories by evangelising to people through beer. I started to think, I don't want to force religion down people's votes. Just beer. I want the beer to speak for itself. Beer's got this quality to it, which means you can talk about religion and politics and you can get offended in the pub and you can come away and still be mates. So that, for me, is why I left the megachurch to start a microbrewery, to show that not everybody who has a faith in a higher power the divine is a complete and utter nut job. And yeah, we can we can stand by our theologies and ideologies and all the rest of it. But as long as you're loving people, that's all I care about. And so the reason I say all this is because when I found out about Hackney Church Brew Co, I recognised one of the names and it's a friend of mine called Al Gordon, who's a rector of this fantastic church called St. John's of Hackney. And I've known him for years from back when I worked in a church. And Al's a great guy and he really embodies all the things a vicar should do, you know, to, to reflect the, the character and nature of a person like Jesus. And so I was like, I'm really intrigued by what these guys are doing, because obviously I've got a faith of my own. I want to, you know, see what they're doing. And so I connected with Ryan and Luke. So Ryan's the brewer, Luke is the general manager, one of the owners. And we sat down and had some beers together. And man, their brew kit is like amazing. They're based in a railway arch. They've got pews from the church in there. It was everything in my head when I was like, I want to set Emmanuel's up and be like a tap house. You know, the only thing they haven't got what I want is, because I still have that dream, um, is to have where you would have your beer list to be like a hymnal thing, you know, where they'd slide the numbers in, where you could slide in those things, being like, we've got Simon Craft on tap today and, you know, Emmanuel's and Abbeydale or whatever on their um, dream team beer list, um, you know. So I wanted to connect with them and find out what makes them tick and whether they faced any of the challenges that I faced setting up something and having a faith and how does that work in the context of beer, when obviously a lot of people either not just don't have a faith, but are kind of anti-faith, anti-the-establishment and all the rest of it. And I was amazed because actually they share a lot of the heart that I have, which is kind of, we're not here to force religion down people's throats. It's just about serving and loving the local community and doing that through beer and, and sharing in communion, for want of a better word, but with beer and with food and generally benefiting the local area. So it's places like Hackney Church Bruco is why I left the mega church to start a microbrewery because I have a really big belief in beer and the Bible. So there you go. If you're enjoying the Hot Ford podcast and you've not tuned out because we started talking about religion, let's keep this on trend and on brand today. If you want to become a disciple of Hot Forward, you can follow us at Hot Ford Beers. If you want to really become a craft beer devotee, you can subscribe to the podcast. I think that's it. I think that's, I think I've done it. Anyway, um, sacrilegion aside and all the rest of it, um, here's an amazing interview with Ryan and Luke from Hackney Church Bruco sharing all about their amazing brewery and the fantastic work they're doing in Hackney, North London.
today on the podcast I'm in Hackney Church Bruco with head brewer Ryan Robbins and general manager Luke Scanlon in this absolutely magnificent space, the Railway Arch. Hello, welcome. Hey, how's it going? I'm um, good. How are you guys? Doing well. Good, good, good. You're, you're obviously a bit wet. <laughs> <laughs> nice rainy, rainy Wednesday. I should imagine it's pretty, uh, pr- pretty glorious when the sun's out and out there is filled with people. Yeah, yeah, it's not, not the best today, but no, it's, I mean, yeah, we get the sunshine, it's quite nice, obviously with all this glass, um, you know, it's beautiful out there on a summer's day. Great. Which is not very often. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys are a little bit different from a lot of breweries, because you're connected with a parish church over the road, T- tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, so, um, so we're connected with Hackney Church, uh, which is now two churches, St. John and Hackney. Uh, and St. Luke's, which is now collectively known as Hackney Church. Right. Um, so it's, it's the church I attend. Um, it's the church that, um, or the parent church, uh, that the other investors were also part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how we all met. Yep. Uh, in fact, a lot of what today is was uh, Al Gordon, rector of Hackney's idea. He was the one that connected us all. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, the idea behind the business is one of... Um, now obviously we're here to make a profit as every business is yep. um, but to do that um, you know we feel that every business should stand for something more um, so we made a decision to partner with the local church um, and with that um, you know uh, the, the rector of Hackney sits on our board of directors um, and then a percentage of our profits will go back into church which right, goes okay. into funding um Currently, what's called the Lighthouse Project, so it's working with um, drug and alcohol rehabilitation in the area, mental health and issues, homelessness, which is a big issue in Hackney. Um, and then the eventual plan is to start a, a youth apprenticeship scheme. Oh, wow, the great, brewery, amazing. Uh, working with you know local local youth, you know, male, female, whoever. Um, but yeah, for us, given our backgrounds, you know, we left careers to to pursue something obviously we're very passionate about but for me particularly it was that social aspect that's, that's something I've always wanted to do mm. so where have you guys worked before before you did this uh, so my background in software engineering right uh, but been home brewing f- 15 years okay and then so kind of found the right guys as you said like the social aspect is like why why do you every career to go do a very physical physical job yeah you know selling pints um, and yeah it's that like to come to Hackney and you, you know the homelessness is such, such a big deal yeah and what about yourself uh, I used to work in uh, commercial finance I was FD of a, of a brand consultancy firm and working crazy hours and hated it <laughs> yeah uh, and I was just you know going to work every day and just not enjoying what I was doing yeah um, I mean that said you know said earlier like I spent a lot of my time now still doing spreadsheets but you know, I guess they're my spreadsheets and yeah not yeah doing it for yourself rather than someone else exactly, doing it for the band exactly but I mean you know uh, the experience I've had previously obviously translates very well into mm. what we're doing now so was it Al Gordon that approached you guys with, with the idea or did was it just a kind of general thing in the air of like you know talking about and dreaming together and it all just kind of happened or just talk us through like the sort of the um What's the word looking for? The conception, or the, the divine conception, of uh, Hackney Church Bruco. 
Yeah, I mean, from my point of view, uh, so when I I first started coming along to throughout the time, it was just St. John Hackney. Uh, I was part of HCB, and uh, when Alan was just like, he's like, I'm moving up to Hackney. Do you want to come with me? I'm like, yeah, sure, no worries. Uh, I didn't know Al very well at the time, and uh, so he and I were just out, uh, you know, caught up for a drink one night, and having a good chat, just doing the very like pastoral, you know, to me dreams, blah blah blah, and all that. <laughs> Uh, and I happened just to say to him, I said, like, you know, my dream has always been to start a brewery. Um, and uh, actually had never said that to anyone uh, ever. Mm. And he was like, well, that's quite interesting. He's like, I met two, two other guys at Focus a few weeks ago. Um, Focus is like a big Christian festival, isn't it? Yeah, yeah okay. like Christian version of Glastonbury, but smaller and cleaner. Family. <laughs> Very family orientated. <laughs> It's like probably the luscious festival I've ever been to in my life. Um, and so he, he so there's Marcus and Reggie, and uh, that they had been having a conversation a couple weeks earlier about did Al know anyone that could help them start a brewery out in East London that mm. could do work with the church. Um, so I met them both a couple of weeks later, and six months later I quit my job and career and everything I knew. and. Here we are. So, I mean, what, what, what was that like? So, obviously, you know, you're in finance, you know, you, you've got a steady income, and all of a sudden, like, you work for yourself doing this. Like, what, what was it like taking that step? I mean, I'm going to be quite cliche, like, Christian here, but for me, it was very, um, obviously, it was scary, but there was, there was a total peace where I was at. I was just like, this this is just right like you know and then you know the way you know we met Ryan as well um, throughout the process and he and I got along straight away yeah um, but for me there was just an underlying no this is this is this is right this mm. is this is what you need to do um, you know I'm the first one to admit in some ways you know it's kind of handed my dream on a, on a on a silver platter in some ways but like obviously we've had to work very hard for it but it just it just felt right and so to me the decision to kind of leave what I was doing wasn't a difficult one right and what about you Ryan how, how did you sort of fit into all this obviously like how did you guys meet because you don't go to the church do you no no um, so I met through one of my one of good friends works with Marcus um, and I've just as 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 your home brewery I was like giving people out beers and trying to try this and oddly enough, so like my, my friend's probably like a huge hipster in the banking world. Um, he's got beard and tattoos and whatnot. So Marcus approached him and said, hey, by the way, do you know anyone that's really into beer? And he was like, you've got to meet Ryan. Like, I don't know anyone that talks more about beer or whatever else. Just mm. And so he kind of connected that. So me and Marcus chat, we're on the same page, like day one. Like he wants to do world-class beer. Uh, it doesn't want to be anything, anything less than that. So we're on that journey, you know. Like we want to be the best there is. Yeah. So you've come together, and you know, you you want to create this amazing space that's going to benefit the community. That's going to brew this great beer. I've, I've had a sneaky look at your brew house. It looks amazing. It's German, German built, yeah, yeah. right? So you know, just for the listeners, this is a, a hop gun. Um, well, you, you tell us what there is, Ryan. Uh, we've got a beautiful 220 uh, hectoliter uh, Braukon brewery. Uh, it's fully automated. Um, we've got some really nice fermenters. We've got a hop gun. Uh, we've got the toys. But as I said, the, the idea is to make the best beer we can make. Yeah. 
So you've not had brewing, apart from home brewing, you've not had this any brewing industry. Yeah. yeah, right. So, I mean, what's that been like? Because that's, um, um, that, that's a huge step. <laughs> so this is, what, you know, kind of coming back to like, when we knew it was a little bit, obviously it was scary leaving our jobs, but we knew we had the right people partner with us because right. everything was about support and getting me to the space that when we opened that we were off and running and that, that everything was on like an upward trajectory. So, uh, you know, spent some time kind of like journeyman, go around, work with brewers, trade time for knowledge kind of things, just mm. to learn how to work safe, how to, how to treat with chemicals and, and different things, you know. Obviously, as a home brewer, like recipe design, you're like loving it. You're not really picking their brain about that. It's like, what happens when this yeah. goes down? What happens? Do you, what happens when a pump breaks? Uh, so you you know you dive in to try and help out those mm. situations for that knowledge, because otherwise you're never going to get it. Yeah, totally. So um, uh, just a bit of my story. Um, I I met Al Gord when I used to work for a church, um, and. I came down to HDB in um, Brompton Road, and um, this is when I was doing Emmanuel's, and he introduced me to a guy there, um, an American guy, who's like, oh, you know, you should meet Nick, he's, he's making beer for the Lord. And um, he, he took me out to, to Camden Town Brewery, this is before Camden sold to AB InBev, and um, that was the first time I'd really experienced that kind of tap room, you know, this, this kind of thing, and it, I was absolutely blown away. And uh, the best thing was, at the end, it was like, you got room in your bag for some beer? I'm like, I'll make room in my bag for yeah, beer. Yeah. And he's getting out all these, like, Anspach and Hobday and, and all these great beers. And I was just like, I'm really sorry, mate, I haven't got any beer to give you. So, um, <laughs> but w- w- one of the things I wrestled with, as, as you can see with my brand, it's quite in your face, yeah. to, so to speak. W- one of the things I wrestled with, with when I was doing this was um, the fact that it's got uh, the classic Jesus image on it, you know, the, the kind of um, Brazilian uh, Rio de Janeiro Jesus, yeah. uh, with his arms open, welcome you to the bar. Um, most people think it's either funny or great, but there are some people that are like, because they know there's a religious association or a church association, they're not comfortable with it. And I, I wondered whether you guys, being Happy Church Bruco and having that connection with the church, whether some people have you've had resistance or even people have practically avoided coming here because they think oh there's a hidden agenda they're trying to convert me and all the rest of it I think on a logical side uh, there's obviously those people out there um, as far as like for us we're a brew pub you know so if they didn't come in we wouldn't know right (laughs) (laughs) the ones that the ones that have if, if they had that kind of thought process you know they're they're quite niche to come in and want to voice it right i see but you if if you were to expand i mean i presume at some point you're going to, to expand and get small packets to the market and that kind of thing like how, have you have you wrestled with those questions how you think that's going to go down or are you just kind of like we are what we are take it leave it or oh, you, do you know the thing is i think as as a as a beer drinker people are going to try new stuff mm-hmm. i think predominantly as a whole there's a lot of people that don't don't look at the message and other people will look at this as like quite special and that might be their go-to because of these reasons yeah i don't know i don't know how to say we're going to find them or not like you know i mean i think for us um 
I think our message, I mean, we need to do, and this is kind of on the agenda over the next few months, is do a better job of actually talking about and getting out there the connection. Like at the moment, no one really gets it. Yeah. Uh, and that's on us. Like we've spent the last 12 months chasing our tails, like trying to get this place up and running. Um, but for us, I, I think with that, it's like our message is like, yes, we're partnering with a local church, church that I go to, um, the church family that, you know, there's some of our best clientele over here all the time. But ultimately what, what we talk about is the fact that well, this is where the money is going. You know, we're not like just sticking it into a church and allowing them to do whatever they want. Yeah. Like we, we have a specific idea of where we wanted to go and how we wanted to help the community around us. Um, you know, uh, and so I think it's when I talk to people behind the bar, when I'm behind the bar chatting to people, like they love it. Mm. Like people are very supportive of yeah. it and they get it. Um, so I think it's, it's it's comes down to us probably getting that message right. along versus them like oh, here we are trying to convert you, which is not what we're about. Yeah. Um, but you know, for me, one of the things that I love, um, you know, I, I focus met this this guy um, randomly just chatting to him one day, and um, he was telling me about how he went to this pub, and all of a sudden found out the pub owned a ch- uh, the, the, the church was involved with this pub, ended up a church. Um, he now goes there and to his wife and the pub that he went to was here. Mm. And now he's part of Hackney Church with his wife and his kids and all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, well, that's like a great touch point for people who, who don't go to church to be able to kind of come into something like this and go, oh, actually, you know, not, maybe church isn't all that bad. Mm. Maybe these are normal people and not like crazies that are trying to preach at me. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's, it's definitely, it's definitely, um, definitely a different church than I'm used to in the States, in the Bible Belt. Well, I think that's the thing. I think people have a lot of association with what you've just described, and particularly with like someone like Donald Trump in the White House. Yeah. It's, you know, that kind of extreme evangelical conservative Christian is, is, is what people have stamped in their minds, more, more so these days than the Ned Flanders type from The Simpsons. It, and I mean, that's what I was trying to do with Emmanuel's, yeah, yeah. effectively, is what you guys are trying to do. As I'm looking to resurrect this brand, having put it on ice for a bit, um, one of the terms I've been thinking about is um, this phrase, a new monasticism. Because if you go back in history and you think about the, the place that beer and ale was first industrialised within church. And I love what you just said a bit ago, Luke, about how, um, you know, for Hackney Church, it's very, it's very much a collaborative experience rather than being like, oh, some guys from the church did this and we should support it. It seems like very much part of that new monasticism. Our whole church has been there since the beginning. Like, you know, the, the idea was it came about a few months after like a hundred of us went across to, to St. John of Hackney when that first opened. And so I've been having this conversation with the entire congregation for the last three years, three two years, and a half, yeah, three yeah. years yeah, now. Three and years, they yeah. are, they, they feel a sense of ownership that, that this is their pub. Like they know the staff, they know, you know, they bring their friends, they bring their family. Um, you know, and, and that's one thing that I love about the space as well is it's very, um, it's very inclusive, like, you know, it's families, it's young people, it's old people, it's people of different races, religions, all that sort of stuff, like, it's a real mishmash when you come here, 
Um, lots of dogs. Lots of dogs. Dogs and families. Well, yeah. see, you've got a couple of brewery dogs down there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And over in Ida. But, um, you know, we've, I, I'm, I'm happy with what we've achieved so far. But it's, you know, it's, it's the feedback we get a lot that everyone just enjoys being here. You know, and we even had, like, like the other week, we had uh, the new Bishop of London when she got chosen or whatever. I don't know the right time out with her and like about 50 clergy coming here for lunch like she just gets elected as Bishop of London and mm. comes to the pub and has lunch with everyone and they loved it amazing um, so yeah it's 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 good it's good yeah so it's a new brewery in a city that has over 100 breweries in it so and you've got some big contenders on right on your doorstep like Five Points around the corner or Gypsy Hill or Crate like how, how do you guys intend to stand out or do you feel the need to stand out? Like, you know, where are you at with that? Um, I think, the, you know, the first thing where a lot of these really big breweries, uh, I think they were kind of like returning back to the roots of where a lot of small breweries started in, in the UK. Um, and that's like brewed on site, served on site. Even if it's a small tap room, having someone that can go and see the equipment, see where it's done, see the people, uh, and know that it's done and tr- like the beer is treated in like, like a really nice way. Uh, I think it's quite important. You see, you know, we've obviously set up with probably a little bit uh, grander scale than some other guys have done, but that really comes back to the heart of what we're trying to do: brew on site, serve on site, like breaking bread with family. You mm-hmm. know, food and food and drink at the same time. Yeah, it's it's such a wholesome kind of thing, and to have like a warm, welcoming space to do it, and we get, we get a, a widely eclectic uh, group of people coming in. Mm. all the time young old it, all the demographics are coming in yeah uh, and it's so interesting their interaction together is so just common and casual it's, it's just it, it, it's just easy as far as you know being different we're you know we're modern brew pub at, at this point we obviously want to like grow the bit, grow the brand but we're doing it in a very sustainable way it's yeah. not like rushing rushing for growth just to throw something out in the market. We want to make sure that people want what we have. Mm. Um, and at this point, we're, we're doing quite well. We've got a re- really good following for the local for the locals. And every day, someone turns up and like, we didn't, we didn't know you guys were here. You know, that's kind of the, <laughs> kind of the nature of yeah. a new business, isn't it? Mm. So how, how do you, I mean, you've got tanks above your bar and outside, and the unit tanks in your brew house you know, a pretty sizable, and the hop gun is uh, not a cheap piece of equipment. Like, how, how on earth did you afford all this? Like, how, and how, how would people like me or other people listen to the podcast who are thinking, I want to set up something like that? Like, how, how would you suggest they raise the finance for that, that kind of thing? Uh, that's, a tough, that's a tough question. Um, we were quite fortunate to find the right, the right partners, and so... Everything, everything's privately financed. So, for somebody else to, to find it, I think, I think one of the critical pieces that when we pieced it all together was having a direction of a direction of focus for what we wanted to do. It was very clear that we wanted to be able to serve the freshest beer possible on site. Uh, so that meant serving tanks. You know, so there's there's nothing tasting better than coming out of those serving tanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, not saying the beer doesn't taste amazing out of keg. I'm just saying that that tastes better out of those. Well, the, the Hellas I've just had was great, and the IPM one now is phenomenal. So I mean, it's just it. yeah, really good beer. Um, so it's all right. It's all right. 
Harshly <laughs> um, critic. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that, that's one step, and then kind of saying the scale of how much how much we want to produce, how much time do we want to spend doing it. Um, you know, the initial scope was just just one of us, me myself, doing the brewing, and so we said, how, how do I hit our hit our targets of what we think we're going to do in a brew pub? Me doing it myself. And so that made the, the tanks taller and bigger. So I brew less often, have more time to do the work behind, behind the scenes to make sure that it's, that it's quality, that it's not just me taking a very small vessel and turning it over, yeah. like, over again and again and again, trying to hit targets. And even with those big vessels, we got caught out. We didn't know what people wanted. And so time and time again, they would drink down one style, just gone. We're like, okay, we don't... We don't have that anymore. That that went quick. That went fast. Yeah. So it took a bit to find the balance and in, in in how in how how to do it. Still figuring it out, aren't we? We're still figuring it out. So, every so what are your best selling beers? Our uh, lazy Eddie lager, it's the Munich style Hellas. Um, that the Hellas sells, was the that one. The one right? you just drank. Yeah. 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 Uh, it sells. Disappears. It disappears. I really can understand fast. why it's really crisp and just very to the point. Our second, our second most popular one is called the uh, Mare Street Mosaic. It's, it's a really hazy, and I would say, I'm not going to go like juicy New England style, but it's like, it's got some bitterness, it's got some citrus, and it's like really easy. So, um, and it's tough to keep on, so we only brew it in a smaller batch, mm. just so that it really keeps all the hoppiness and freshness going, yep. versus like putting it into our double-sized batches and then like letting it slowly deteriorate. Uh, it shifts really fast and it's tough to keep on. Um, like what 2000 liters is gone within like a couple weeks three weeks uh, nice I had, so I had someone in last night complaining that it wasn't on <laughs> I was it, like I don't know and this is this is my balancing act that uh, you know I'm, I'm, I'm trying things out uh, you know flavor stability is such a big thing mm. so trying to figure out what works how, that, how do how do we what temperature is the right temperature to do whatever it is that we're doing yeah you know well I guess you're well placed in having your own bar like this and this being the primary outlet for doing that because you can get that direct feedback in the condition that it's meant to be in yeah because there were times well i'll give you an example um beer Thou my vision was in a, a a local pub not too far from where i live in sheffield and i went in and the the landlady didn't recognize me so i asked her a pint of it and i went to sit down with my wife and within the first sip i, I said to her i was like that is not how that should taste and that only left the brewery like last week Wow, you know, and and but for the average punter coming in, and they they see that pump clip, they don't know that. Yeah. All they see is is the logo and the beer, and they go on and taps. <laughs> yeah, it's <this is> terrible, <laughs> and it's got Jesus on it. So meh, you know, like, and they don't buy the beer again. And the most vocal ones in Untap go around shouting about it. So you're definitely in a, in, a, in a good spot to be able to get that kind of feedback and this be kind of like your, your testing phase almost well it's us that test it as well so we you know we walk up you know for me i just like before you know just like what's the, what's the condition and even you know some of our hoppier ones you know like that are meant to be served really really fresh you know just like when do you just have to dump all the kegs mm. so when when you're working with an investor um like, how does that relationship work, and what should people look for in an investor when they're looking for a partnership? I mean, for me, I think um, what was great about what is great about our investors is, I mean, they're an incredibly knowledgeable group of group of men. Um, 
and they challenge every single thing that we say to them. Right. Every set of numbers, any idea we have, it is, it is pushed back on us and we have to defend everything. And you know, initially, um, I used to get quite defensive and a bit anxious about it, but now you know, there's reasons why they are incredibly successful. Um, and you know, it, it's, it's caused me to definitely rethink most of, well, everything I ever say to them because they remember everything as well. Uh, <laughs> like <do>. everything. <laughs> Dude, did you um, say this on the substance media? Yeah. Did you record that? Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think, yeah, having that investor who, who, who is going to be very involved um, and, and really challenge you, but allow you to kind of make, to, to allow you to make mistakes. Mm. Um, and and we've been fortunate is they've just they've given us the freedom to yep. to do what we want to do. But they um, come and support us when we need it. So I guess it's it's about finding somebody who is investing not just financially in a business and not just in the idea, thinking, oh, I'm going to monetize all this and get back. But they're investing in you as people and and bringing all their knowledge and wisdom that they've acquired over the years through running businesses of their own and generating wealth and and lovingly challenging you yeah, yeah. to say that doesn't stack up I wouldn't do that and so on yeah I mean and to Brian's point earlier like one of ours is like markets you know for him he wants world class beer he, he I, the beers that he has given me to try that he gets access to like are phenomenal and this is this is the benchmark for him yeah. and this is what he wants and you know he comes in and pops in randomly from time to time and um, I just think ultimately you want an investor who's going to invest more than just money yeah um, you know, these people in our experience are people who are successful for a reason and you know if you can gain knowledge from them something yeah you're, you're, it's gonna, you're gonna achieve a lot more yeah um, I think back I mean if they just let us just do our own thing from day one I think we'd be not, not that they like forced us. It's like they just guided us. Yeah, they challenged things and caused us, caused us to think and connections. Um, you know, like we hadn't even, we hadn't even were like, a German yeah. and we hadn't even brewed beer yet. And Reggie's one of his connections and like, okay, we want some beer in Brazil. How many shipping containers can you send send us? I was like, Sh- shipping containers? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> uh, like, sorry, we'll have to pass on this one. Be like, all right, Reggie, we'll come back to that after we get our house sorted. Wow. So, I mean, what considerations do you have to make when opening up an eatery as well as a drinking establishment like this? Um, it's, it was, we've learned a lot. Yeah, food is food is so important. Um, we set it up as a space to kind of like let really original um, kind of like chefs come in and mm. do the do the thing. So you know we kind of built the home and the kitchen and it's a theater kitchen, so everyone can see it on uh, see it and see it in the works. Uh, they can see you know the food being cared for. Um, you bring people in, don't you, rather than having someone on staff. You, you were saying earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're guest businesses that come through and use use our kitchen. Um, and today we've had we've had we've had great results. 
Toronto, and our current chefs got amazing food. Food is, I think, particularly in London. Like, I mean, obviously, with, with all eating a substance, food is people want to eat. Particularly in London, you know, it's you're spoiled for choice with food. Yeah. And particularly in East London, like you, if you're not good, you disappear. Um, and so for us, it's about keeping like amazing food on, because then you get the foodies coming, as well as those coming for beers. Um, and for us, particularly, you know, with, with our latest guest chef, we've you know, noticeable uptick in, in, in sales. I mean, obviously, you know, the having things like Sunday roast and all that sort of stuff are really important. But um, for us, like you know, I think like I said to you before, it's like we, we make great beer, they make amazing food, and together mm. we we work well and yeah. the, the, the customers get great great everything and mm. so with with the experience you've learned so far what advice would you give to people looking to open a brewery and a tap room like this these days particularly in a metropolitan area like London don't <laughs> the amount of time don't. I hear that advice from people no I mean don't we don't need we don't a competition yeah yeah um, oh right okay <laughs> no, 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 no. um I mean, because, like I said earlier, there are ample brewers all vying for customers and trying to carve out their own space, like, other than don't. If someone listens listen to this hellbent on, no, I'm, I'm opening up that brewery in Peckham or wherever, like... My advice would be take your time. Don't, don't feel the need to rush it. Like, you know, there's this... There seems to be this, this thought that, like, you know, the, the market's saturated and the bubble's about to burst and all this sort of stuff. I don't think that at all. And, like concentrate on creating an incredible product um, that's consistently great yep. um, and consistent in flavor and a, a great space that, that people can come and enjoy it. Um, and if you, if you get that right, then you know, build it and you'll come, build it and they will come, like I just think, but just take time. Mm. So what? Oh, I mean, what would you do differently? Because when, when I first walked in, <laughs> you were saying, I want to set up in a railway arch again. <laughs> Uh, what would I do different? Um, I don't know. Like, there it's are small it's, tweaks within, yeah, within the space that I would do differently. Small things that you touch in like a day-to-day kind of thing. You're like, oh, if only that were like one inch higher, I would yeah. <laughs> like bend over, tuck down below something. To, to, to my point earlier, there were decisions that that we rushed, or that I probably rushed myself, thinking oh, I would way matter, and then you know. It does. It matters a lot. It's always the small things. In the experience I've got when I go around and see other breweries and I'm doing consultancy and stuff, the brewers always say, and I had this when I was running Sheffield Brewery, like, oh, why did we put that there? Oh, if only we didn't have that valve tree and we just, you know, we just used hoses and stuff, it would be so much easier. And and this has got this really quirky thing. And I guess that's the thing about breweries, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's the benefit of hindsight. You know. Definitely. On the brewery side, I think we're quite fortunate. Everything is clean, tidy, really efficient. Uh, the only thing, we had a downside. That we had some equipment that was going to go over a bank of toilets that eventually could put, put on the floor. We had to make a decision like in like an hour of what to do, of additional cost to tile. We've got a brilliantly tiled brew floor. Just tile and slope the floor. Uh, where this equipment's going to go and not knowing all the ins and outs of everything it is, it's probably the equipment that has most wet components coming out of it. Mm. And so we're just like, oh, 
we're fortunate that it's not like a damp area, but um, we would have tiled underneath it. Yeah. So what, where do you guys see the London craft beer scene heading over the next few years? I think more tap rooms start, definitely start, more tap rooms start to show up, like turn up. I think a lot of the smaller guys are going to start turning to more on-trade sales um, because it's kind of a destination. You know, Bermondsey Beer Mild built into, into something that I think was already there, but people didn't, people didn't realize it, like a day out of, of drinking from place to place to place and choosing, choosing a brewery over, like say, a pub's. When I first moved here, we, you know, my, my friends, we had little kids and families, and we kind of like wandered around Greenwich. Just so we kind of went, drink there, drink there, drink there, had some food, drink there, and it's kind of like a little day out. Um, you're more willing to give it to a small brewery, like you kind of like it's a little bit more personal than mm. like a pub, unless the pub's like your local, right? Yep. So I think people are willing to willing to walk and actually willing to travel quite far, it turns out, you know, a journey on the tube or a bus or an Uber, Uber these days, Yeah. and suddenly you're at the next destination, and I think a lot of people are capitalizing on this. Mm. Brilliant. Well, it's, it's been amazing having you guys at the podcast today, um, I, and I know this setup's a setup that's close to my own heart for lots of reasons. How can people find out more about Hackney Church Bruco and, and taste these delicious beers and the food? Come on down. Yeah, Whereabouts come. in Hackney are you? We are Hackney we are Central. Hackney Central, 17 Bohemia Place, E8, 1DU. Jump on the website, <laughs> follow us on Instagram. You'll feel like you're an East East London hipster when you're trying to walk down that walk down our street. You're kind of like, is it is, is it, it all the way down here? Do I stop? Do I keep coming? Just keep of, just keep coming until you find us. Bit of a okay. dodgy, and bit we'll, of a dodgy be the, alley. we'll be the place that you're unassuming because it's nice and not sitting on box crates. Yeah, there was some insane big characters, I must confess, when I walked down, uh, held on extra tight to my, to my bag and my wallet. <laughs> there's some very interesting characters around here. We love them all. I, um, I, I said to my friend Dan, who runs Eyes Brewing in Bradford, when I was telling him I was coming to London, he was like, you know 75% of people get mugged in London, right? <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Brill, well, thanks for being on the podcast. It's been great having you. Very nice. Yeah, pleasure. Thanks, Thank mate. You. Today's episode of the Hot Ball Podcast is brought to you by Big. Taking place from Friday the 20th to Sunday the 22nd of September, some of the newest breweries who we feel are destined for big things will be pouring their beers in the recently opened Ice House Brewery Tap Room based in the heart of Bradford. To book tickets, visit eyesbigfest.eventbrite.co.uk. Thanks for tuning in to the Hot Ball Podcast this week. Don't forget, we're here to help you get ahead in the brewing and beer business. So hit the subscribe button for more insights into the beer industry. Connect with us at hotforward.beer or through our social media channels at hotforwardbeers. Until next time, cheers. Hi,